You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to the second half of today's uh, edition of Real Presence Live with uh, your hosts today, Jack and Doreen Canelli. And uh, as Doreen settles back into her chair... uh, we're gonna we're, we'll open up before we even introduce our guests. We'll have Doreen open up with another one of her jokes, just to kind of uh, keep the hilarity up. Hilarity—that's kind of hard to say. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, why do bananas use sunscreen? Um, don't know. So they don't peel. I get it. That's a good one. Okay. Don't laugh so hard. Yeah, all right. Well, I, I, I can feel the, the laughter over the airwaves. <laughs> That's there. right. Anyway, Shaking it up. Even, even Christopher isn't laughing at that one. We're happy to have... <laughs> Let's launch into our next guest, okay? All right. <laughs> okay. We have Christopher Pereira, and he's from the Tepeyac Leadership Initiative. And uh, I've got just a brief description of it. as an, It's a five-month... 18 weekly sessions leadership program for the development of Catholic professionals and the advancement of the mission of the church in the world. So, Christopher, I'm going to let you uh, take it from there and, you know, introduce yourself. Where are you? And tell us more about the uh, leadership initiative. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the invitation, Jack and Doreen. It's a pleasure to be with you. So I am based in Phoenix, Arizona, and this is where we, five years ago, founded our humble, uh, initially, a diocesan program under under Bishop Thomas Olmsted of Phoenix, which uh, has grown now to a global leadership development program for Catholic professionals. I'll explain what that is. We do only one thing. We are now a an international uh, base in the United States, a nonprofit organization, which forms Catholic leaders for civil society. As you know, the Catholic Church has been forming leaders since forever, since the beginning, right? Our Lord Jesus Christ formed the first 12. However, traditionally, when we have presented opportunities for leadership development or leadership uh, growth formation for lay people, this has really consisted of preparing them to do ministry or more appropriately called apostolate type of work, maybe catechetical or evangelization type of work, which is important. But that's not what we do. And I make that distinction because we truly believe we have a unique mission, and a unique approach at forming Catholic leaders. What we do is we invite Catholic professionals, mostly early in their career, to go through this five-month experience where we form them, we shape them, and then we send them out with a very concrete mindset and a very concrete mission, and that is to insert themselves into the secular institutions of society so that we can have more faithful and committed Catholic voices at all of the tables where decisions are made, those decisions that impact the culture. That is an incredibly beautiful and important mission, and I am... So happy to know that it exists, and I'm stunned by how wonderful it is. Oh, that wow! To, to say it's to, to 
to say that it's timely in this day and age would be a bit of an understatement, I think. Well, it sounds like it was born of um, Vatican II, you know, the call to the laity in the world. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. 100%. Yeah. Can you back up a little bit, Christopher, and tell us why Tepiak is the title? Sure. With with Tepiak, what we have done is we have simply uh, chosen to ask Our Lady of Guadalupe to and Saint Juan Diego, the, the native man who she appeared to in Mexico City, to intercede for the fruits of the program. We are very inspired by the story of Saint Juan Diego, who was a lay person and was then used by Our Lord through Our Lady for the conversion of millions in the American continent. So. Tepeyac is the name of the hill in Mexico City. I don't know if you have been there, but that little hill where Our Lady appeared to San Juan Diego is called Tepeyac Hill. Mm-hmm. So we use it as an analogy. We tell the participants of the program, just like San Juan Diego received a mission, received a mission of leadership from Our Lady. We hope that they will find their own mission of leadership through Tepeyac Leadership Initiative. And we ask Our Lady and San Juan Diego to intercede, and they have been phenomenal intercessors for the fruit of our program already. Five generations we have already graduated from the program. Five generations? Or five, gradu- five graduations. Graduate, yeah, oh, five different cohorts. Yes, every year we graduate a new class. Now, wh- so do you have to be present for to go through this, or is it something that's done online uh, You know, using our modern technology? How, uh, how would a person go through the program? Sure. The Tepeyac Leadership Initiative Program, uh, it's 90% virtual, and there's an in-person component as well, so it's a hybrid. Um, the program basically is comprised of 18 sessions over the span of five months, from February to June. And people join in from the comfort of, of their home or office virtually. These are uh, virtual sessions, three-hour sessions. They're live. They're virtual, but they're live. Nothing's pre-recorded. So they're very dynamic, very engaging. And then towards the end of the program, uh, participants come together in person for, an, for a retreat. We call it the Virtuous Leadership Retreat. And they get to choose whether they want to do the retreat in Phoenix, Arizona, or Nashville, Tennessee. So um, are you are you aimed at a particular age group, or is it, uh, you know... Anybody, married couples, single people uh, of any age, you know, do you have a particular demographic that you're aimed at? Sure. So the program is open to all Catholic professionals. And, but what we explain is that the program is primarily made for professionals in the early to mid stages of their career. So our sweet, our sweet spot is probably millennials, uh, people in their early to mid-20s or, or mid-30s is really uh, where we're most successful and who we attract the most. However, sometimes we've, we've had participants in their 40s and 50s. Um, probably the only people that will be a good fit for the program are those who are nearing retirement age because they're, they're probably not going to be uh, active for too many years. We want people who are ready to and, and willing to engage their communities as leaders. Um, and we very much are an action-oriented program. Every graduate walks away with his or her own individual, concrete leadership commitment. So 
what's key more than the age is that they're ready to roll up their sleeves and do something as leaders. Are there particular um, career paths that you see um, more of your participants coming to you from? That's proper grammar. <laughs> um, sure. So we've been we've been blessed with a very mixed uh, and just about every year a very very diverse group of people. We've had lawyers, accountants, business business people, teachers, uh, nurses. Um, a little bit of everything, really. People in the for-profit and non-profit people, uh, business people, uh, men and women, people from all ethnic backgrounds. So it's really a, a blessing that we've had, always had a, a diverse group, in, even in ages. Like, like I said earlier, mostly millennials, but also some people who maybe are in their forties or fifties as well. Um, what's most important to us is really that they understand what we're trying to do, and and that is to reorient the mind of the of of the lay Catholic who might not understand that if God has blessed him or her with a professional career with a college education, it's because that was meant to be the field of mission. Right? So yes. how do you carry this out? Mm-hmm. So one big aspect of our program is board service. And our graduates know they must engage your community and get involved in board service. We need more Catholics in those tables where decisions are made. Are you are you getting uh, are you hearing from your graduates about how the uh, the program has uh, helped them or how it's opened the doors or how the Holy Spirit has opened doors for them uh, to for them to kind of uh, you know carry out their mission? Absolutely, Jack, and I invite you whenever. Whenever you have some time to kill or are bored, to go to our website, PLIprogram.org, PLIprogram.org, and people can see there, scroll down from the homepage and read some testimonials from the graduates who describe the experience really as a catalyst in their career. This is what they say. This has transformed my way of thinking about my career. And many of them have taken their career to the next level. And just about... 90% 90% of our graduates are serving on boards as a result of going to our program. It sounds like I'm going to guess that they're, not only is their career transformed, but their life might be transformed by going through this leadership training. You've got, it sounds like you have such a beautiful um, spiritual uh, experience for them in this training. I would like to think so. We'd like to think so, Zorin. We, we really, the program brings together professional development and spiritual growth. So there's a strong component, mm. a spiritual component to the program. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, we're coming up on a break shortly, but uh, after the break, I'd like to, to talk a little bit about, um, uh, well, more about the kind of the experiences that people are having out there because it seems to me like you're preparing them for almost going into hostile territory when you look at our culture, you know, its attitude about Christianity in general and Catholicism in particular. But we'll save that for after the break, and uh, we will be back. And so uh, to our listeners, uh, stay with us. Uh, We'll be right back, and we'll be talking about the uh, Tepeyac Leadership Initiative and... uh, more to come.
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listening audience. We're happy to have you with us today. It's a beautiful Wednesday, and it's particularly an exciting Wednesday for Jack and me because... We get to spend the next three days with three of our grandchildren who are on their way from Minneapolis back home to Bismarck. And so we're kind of excited about that. But we are so thrilled to have our guest with us, Christopher Pereira. Pereira. I'm sorry about that, Christopher. Um, And the incredibly important program that he's telling us about, the Tepeyac Leadership Initiative, which helps Catholics to really live their faith, live the mission that Christ gave to us in the workplace and in uh, our secular society. So welcome back, Christopher. Thank you again um, for being with us. Yes. Okay. Um, What was I saying before before the break? I wanted us to talk about... Hostile territory. Yes, yes, yes. I was uh, uh, during the break. I was telling uh, Christopher that it looks like he's preparing his graduates to go into hostile territory, and I'd be curious to know if he's gotten any feedback about, you know, uh, what's it like for someone once they've graduated and they go out uh, back into their uh, 
the workplace as professionals who are uh, prepared to live out their faith in their work. So I can tell you so many stories, but I think the general story is that people are more conscious, uh, our graduates are more conscious and very better equipped to really fight. I mean, I can't think of another word, fight the secularist agenda uh, within their own spaces, but doing it in a strategic way. Of course, they're not going to be um, good to the church if our graduates lose their jobs. So we teach them how to be strategic about how they try to influence society. So getting involved in professional associations or guilds, um, seeking opportunities for board service in their own community, maybe engaging their community through philanthropy. Uh, just a few of our graduates have even felt a call for public service and are preparing themselves to run for office. So these are the things that we want them to think about. Um, we think that uh, very often lay Catholics who want to be involved in the church think that think that lay Catholic leadership means spending a lot of time at the parish. There's nothing wrong with being involved in your parish community with must, but we are telling them, no, look at the world which desperately needs lay Catholics, committed, well-formed, faithful Catholics to influence society. So We've seen these. Uh, our graduates tell us about the different ways in which, by being present at a uh, at a room with a group, around a group of people who are making decisions, they can help influence the right decisions. Those, those who are which are more in line with the gospel values that we want to live and, and share with the world, and also uh, thinking this way strategically, they're ready to uh, maybe put the brakes to some of the decisions, the wrong decisions that that could have been made and, and often often are made uh, that can also uh, take the culture in the wrong direction. We, Jack talked about, you know, when he, he referenced our little conversation during the break about the hostile culture, the hostile environment into which they might bring this, but um, so how... How is how can this potentially transform that hostile culture? What is it that the people that graduate from this? What are they equipped with, and what are the skills that are given to them so that the culture might become uh, a place that is not hostile? So we we are definitely not saying during that that we have a magic pill to solve the world's problems, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately. If things are going to get better, it's always through God's yes. grace. But we can be instruments. We can be His mm-hmm. instruments. So what we are saying is that if we think about all of those things that deeply concern us as Christians, right? I'm thinking about uh, that horrendous curriculum that makes its way to the public education systems mm-hmm. of states like California. I'm thinking about all of the wrong bioethical decisions being made the medical and scientific field, right? I'm, I'm thinking of corruption in, in the for-profit, non-profit, or even government. So when we think about all of these things, if we trace each of these issues, we can go back to a time when there was a group of people sitting around the table making decisions. Mm-hmm. So our question is, where were the Catholics when those curriculums were being implemented and adopted at public school districts? 
Were they around? Were they sitting in the table at the table when when that happened? Statistically, because the church is so so big and there are so many Catholics in America and in the world. Statistically, we know that Catholics were present. So what happened is that they either lacked the formation, understanding of the dignity of a human person, which the program equips them with, um, or simply were not courageous enough to speak up. So this is, we're equipping them with the formation, with the knowledge that they need, with the skills that they, they need to think strategically, and we're really encouraging them and, 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 and trying to provide some resources so that they intentionally seek to become influential leaders in their own community. And one of the most concrete ways we do it is by encouraging board service. To us, board service is really where leadership happens. Uh, if I were to sign up for it's a five-month program, from what I understand, uh, mm-hmm. What would I be looking at as far as what kind of classes or what's the curriculum? You know, how do you teach leadership? Absolutely. So the program is comprised of 18 sessions, one night a week. Participants commit to joining the sessions virtually one night a week. And each session focuses on one area of human activity or secular life. And we bring in front of the participants experts, and they have presentations, Q&A panels, discussions. It's very interactive. Each session talks talks about one area. Just to give you an example, we have a session on education, healthcare, a session on business, news media, philanthropy, government, board service, uh, human dignity, Catholic social doctrine. Those are some of the topics for our sessions. What we really do at the sessions, Jack and Doreen, is we bring up issues of concern in society, urgent issues from the lens of the church. You you know what they are. We've already mentioned some. And we talk about the concrete ways in which the lady can step up and fill those gaps, meet those needs, and lead in their own communities. So... It- um, within all of that, do you teach um, effective communication skills as well? Yes, there's a session for that. We call it the um, networking and excellence. Mm. Yeah, I would think that that would be very important because just having knowledge of something and a passion for it doesn't enable everyone to communicate it in the love that it needs to be communicated Absolutely. That's part of the program in Mm -hmm. in a very focused manner in one specific session and throughout the program in in several different models as well. You you mentioned earlier in uh, in our discussion, Christopher, about how, you know, the idea of you're not just intended for businesses, but also, you know, to uh, help enrich uh, parishes and dioceses. So how do you, how does, how do you do that? Well, I would say that our program is definitely for Catholics who want to work in the secular world. For those Catholic, lay Catholics who have made a career or have made up their minds to build a career by working for the Church, that's not really who we who we can serve through TLI. But the way that we that a diocese benefits from our program being uh, implemented and particularly people, their faithful participating in our program in their own diocese, is that now they are beginning to have their building investing in a local network of faithful and committed vetted Catholic leaders 
that they can tap into for support when they're looking for, for talent, for leadership. And just to give you an example, at the Diocese of Phoenix, where we started and where probably our sphere of influence is the, the largest, most of our local Catholic organizations, their boards uh, are made up of many of our graduates. Because mm. when, when a board is seeking new members, they know that they can go to us and ask us to send them some um, references. Uh, so our local Catholic schools, for example, our local Catholic charities or St. Vincent de Paul, even at the parish level, pastors that know that their uh, uh, faithful are, are graduates of the program, they often will invite them to join their finance council or, or the different committees or, or councils that they have at the parish because they know that they have been vetted, they have gone through some formation, these are lay Catholic leaders that they can trust. In, in for this position. So that's not our primary mission. Primary mission is to form Catholic leaders for the secular world, but there's nothing saying that they cannot also serve the church if they're leaders, so they do. Very good. Wow. When does your next session begin, Christopher? Sure. The program runs in the spring, February to June, and the rest of the year we, we do other things like fundraising and, and promoting Recruiting for the we have an admissions process. We're going to be applications for October first, number ten, online at our website, which is tliprogram.org. People can go there and find out everything about the program and even see the application. But we won't accept applications until October first at tliprogram.org. Now, how long have you been in existence? I think uh, I didn't quite hear you properly when when you introduced it, but I thought I heard five years. Five years, yes. We've graduated five different generations of DLI. Right. And how many graduates do you have out there? We are now a little short of 300 people that have gone through, through DLI. And every year there's, there's more people going through the program. There, there are largest groups, uh, larger groups going through the program. So um, we just continue to grow. But for us, it's not really about the numbers, but about the quality of the graduates that we're sending off. Wow, that's great. Uh, we're, well, um, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time, but I'm certainly happy that we, we had you on today so more people can learn about uh, the, the, the Le- Tepeyac Leadership Initiative because it sounds like a very important uh, uh, ministry, if you will, for this time, and uh, we need Catholic leaders out there, and we certainly wish you all the success in the world for what you're doing because uh, we need it. And uh, I, I, I'm glad we were having, we had you on today, and maybe we'll have you on again another time and you can tell us uh, more about some of the successes you've experienced. Thank you so much, Jack and Doreen. Okay, thank you, thank Christopher. You. Yes, we've been talking with Christopher uh, Pereira from the Tepeyac Leadership Initiative, and stay tuned for... More Real Presence Live after the break. We'll be talking to Deacon Jeff Reese from the Diocese of Crookston. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 